G'day. We hope you're enjoying our podcast. Producing a podcast is costly, both time and money. If you'd like to show your support and offer a one-off payment, even the price of a coffee or a beer, that'd be greatly appreciated and would go a long way to support us. If you'd like to leave a donation, head to the show notes of this episode and click on the ACAST supporter link. Be sure to leave your message of support too. Thanks again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The thoughts and opinions shared in this podcast are just that. It's up to the listener to decide what is true and what is not true. This podcast talks about domestic violence and death. It contains adult themes and coarse language. If you need help or you are affected by such issues, you can contact your nearest help centre, such as Lifeline on 13 1114 or DV Connect on 1800 811 811. Discretion is advised. Go, mate. Sorry about that. That's right, bro. Just the two papers, thanks, man. Yep. And that's five dollars. Thank you. Hope it's right then. Then my fat fingers, mate. Oh, sweet. Happy. There you go. Cheers, mate. Have a good one, eh? So I just got a copy of the Gimpy Times, page fourteen. End of the road for BBR. There you go. G'day guys, and welcome to the final episode of Bean and Belly Road. I'm Jamie Pulse, and this is episode 11, End of the Road. Whilst planning this episode, my head has been spinning. Just trying to finish the podcast in the right way. So I did what I always do when I need to gather my thoughts, and I went to the beach. It was a sunny morning, the gentle lapping of the waves, the taste of salt in the air, and the endless blue on the horizon, it's a perfect place to think. There is so much to this case, so many moving parts. With all that in mind, however, it comes down to just one question. What happened to Kira? It's a question that I may just have the answer for. One person you've probably heard me mention a few times now is Jesse. Jesse is Tamika's niece. And as I was preparing to air this episode, I reached out to Jesse one last time. I thought her version would be crucial. She was actually there at Kira's house on the 16th of July, 2014. And one day recently, Jesse got back to me and said, you can call me in 15 minutes if you like. So I pulled over and I gave her a call. Here she is. Uh, my name is Jesse. Um, I'm the niece of Okay. 
And how old were you when Kira died? Um, I was 17 just before my 18th birthday. Right. And how old are you now, Jesse? 23. Basically, you, you were there, Jesse. You were at that house that night with um, Kira, Tamika, and... Are you able to, in your best yeah. memory of five years ago, in your own words, are you able to describe or let us know what happened that night in as much detail as you're happy to provide? Yes. Um, so, Tamika and her daughter and I came up um, and met Kira and at the shops. Um, Was this in Gympie, oh, sorry? No, at her house. Yeah, in Gympie, at her house, or at Kira's house, and then we all went to the shops. This is the first time I met Kira as well. Um, we went to the shops. Um, they bought themselves, oh, Kira bought themselves um, some cheap wine or whatever it was, um, and then we went back to Kira's. They just showed me the house, um, told me how they were starting their own business. Um, what was that business? Um, I, I had something to do with like cars or motorbikes or something. It was in the shed and he was just, they were just showing me their tools and everything. Um, yeah. And then, um, so they just did that and then, um, everyone just started drinking. I wasn't drinking because obviously underage and because I just don't like this wine. Um, and Everyone was kind of just having, you know, a good time. Um, those three were very drunk, especially Kira, because I remember it being mentioned to me um, clearly that Kira does not drink um, or anything like that. It's like a rare occasion for her to ever drink. Um, and I remember sitting, the argument started um, because I was sitting in the lounge room um, with Tamika and the child um, and was sitting at the dining room table at the chair closest to the sliding door and Kira was standing in front of him. They were bickering about something and then Kira threw a packet of cigarettes at or smokes at and um, which made Tamika stand up and walked over to Kira and said, um, like, you can't you can't talk to my brother like that or do that to my brother or just something like that. Then they started arguing and then they walked out onto the balcony because it started escalating, like yelling, and the small child was in the house. She was just watching the movie, though. I stood... That's Tamika's child, right, Charlie? Yes. yes. Um, I stood... Um, the sliding door where it would have originally been sitting with the door closed so I can still keep an eye on Charlie but just to watch and make sure that those three like didn't get in a massive altercation or full on punch on or anything like that um, right. and so they were just arguing ridiculously childishly really um, Kira was very drunk she just kept going to Mika she threw a glass at Tamika I can't remember what came first either the chain or the glass but I'm pretty sure it was the glass uh, she threw it at Tamika and uh, it smashed over Mika uh, Mika shoved Kira back in the chest Kira felt like just flat on her bum um, and she fell flat on her bum yeah so not like laying down I think just like 
flat on her bum, but she wouldn't have fallen flat back on her back or anything because she was standing behind her the whole time. So she just fell straight on her bum with behind her. Um, then she got back up, um, was trying to hold Kira. So Kira probably would have had bruises, uh, hand marks on her, uh, finger marks on her arms because she was holding her back and she was really trying to go deeper. Um, and um, I think that's when she's grabbed a chain or something with what arm space she possibly could have and tried to hit me or throw it at her again. I remember Kira falling on her bum about twice. But each time she did that behind her the whole time because she was trying to hold Kira back. Um, at some point, she's grabbed the paint can as well. The lid was off of the paint can. So when she lifted her arm up to throw it, it's poured all over herself and the front of and the back of Kira and her head. And she's thrown that at Mika. Um, and then, yeah... I don't know, Mika ended, up, we, Mika ended up coming inside once it just became too much and um, we called um, Jane, my grandmother, so um, Mika and um, mother to come pick us up. She picked us up um, um, and Mika and Charlie and I, we all left at the same time. And then, yeah, and then we were at her house for a while and then ended up going back. But when we left, I know Kira was like pretty fine because she was screaming like a crazy person um, out the door or the window or whatever um, as we were leaving. Um, and then, yeah, we were just at Jane's house and um, then ended up going back there by himself. And then from what happened then, I don't know. When you got to uh, Kira's house, was Jane with you at all? Did Jane come for the, any part of the afternoon? No, I don't think so. I don't. So I think she, I don't remember. I'm not sure. If she, not sure? Yeah, I'm not sure. She could have, but I really don't know. I just remember her picking us up that afternoon. I mean, that night. Yeah. And do you remember what car she picked you up in? Um, It was just a white car. I don't remember the make or anything of it yeah yeah I think she said that I haven't spoken to Jane but I've got her statement that she wrote to Tamika which Tamika gave to me um, and it mentions that she was there that afternoon and then she was cleaning the house and then she um, you know had a few drinks with everybody and then decided to leave and gave her a few beers and she left and then that's when you know a few hours later or an hour or two later she got a call saying that Kira was frantic and they want to come home. Yeah. And so she went and picked him up. You don't remember that, though? Um, I don't know. It kind of sounds possible, but um, I don't really know. I don't. I can't. Because you're from, cause you're from Brisbane, yeah. right? So what, um, why were you guys in uh, Gympie or Wolvi at the time? Like what? Uh, we just, was there an event or something? No, Kira just invited us up. So we just decided to go yep. stay the night up there. Um, and it was just only and us as well. There were, like, no one else besides that night, besides me, the child, 
chair and maker. And do you have any idea about times, like what time the big altercation happened when you guys decided to leave? Can you roughly put a time on that or you don't know? Uh, it wasn't that late at night, um, but I don't know a time. I can't remember a time, but I know that it wasn't like, you know, 10 or like 12 o'clock at night or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. So it was dark, but not late. Yeah, yeah. Did you go home with Sam um, and Tamika back down to Brisbane, or did you stay at Bobby's house? No, yeah, uh, Sam came and picked us up and took us back down to Brisbane um, that night, early hours of the morning, I think. You, you described to me that they were quite intoxicated. Like, how intoxicated, in your opinion? Are they, like, obliviated? Are they... Um, yeah. Mika were drunk. Um, they were pretty drunk. I wouldn't say they were um, just like ridiculously drunk, but they were intoxicated. But Kira, especially being someone that doesn't drink, she was really drunk, like really drunk. Right. Yeah. Do you remember any phone calls that night when you were there? Do you remember any phone calls that Kira was making? Uh, and speaking to her kids and or speaking to her ex-husband? No, I don't remember her making any phone calls at all. I wasn't necessarily watching her every move either, so she could have, but I don't remember her making yeah. any phone calls. Do you remember any dialogue between those two or what made them became, what made Kira become so enraged or how did it escalate so far? Can you remember any dialogue? No, I don't remember why they were arguing or bickering. He was sitting down on the chair and he wasn't yelling. The whole time this was actually all happening, he wasn't yelling. And he, when Kira kept trying to go, Mika, he was actually saying, um, I think that's why Mika never, I never saw Mika hit Kira. She says that she did, but I don't think she actually did in the first round. I only ever saw her um, shove Kira in the chest. But the whole time that was happening, kept saying, um, don't hit her, don't hit her. She's not a fighter. She, you know, like, she's not someone that can really defend herself properly. Um, and was saying that to, to Mika? Yeah. When Kira kept going, Mika kept saying, um, don't, um, like, don't Mika, don't. She's not a fighter. Um, she's not, um, she, and just all this. And so... He wasn't yelling at all the whole time. He was actually really calm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Threw it out at all. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Kira saying to Tamika, you know what you've done? No. And then Tamika mentioned to me that she didn't know what she had done and she didn't know why Kira was so angry at her. Yeah, Kira did say something to Mika and um, Mika was a bit like, what? I don't remember what it was, but um, I that was early, that was in the afternoon, still daylight, and I pretty much told Kira to shut up because it wasn't making sense what she was saying and it was stupid. <laughs> but I don't remember what it was, no. And you'd never met Kira before that day? No. And that entire time you didn't witness be aggressive or um, raise his voice or have any part of that altercation? It was just Tamika and Kira? Yeah, it was just Tamika and Kira. But I don't doubt that when he went back and it was just him and Kira, I'm not saying he did, but I don't doubt that he would have because he 
is like that, if that makes sense, with women, yeah. And you mentioned before to me that you wanted to make it clear that you weren't on anyone's side. Yeah, well, since that night, I don't speak at all. My whole family know my opinion of him. And I, so it's been years since I've spoken to him and I haven't spoken to my auntie to me in about two years as well because, yeah, it just, yeah, I just don't. And um, I don't really know Kira either, so I don't really have a side really just of what happened. What about drugs that night? Was was anybody on drugs or um, illicit substances? Yeah, well, I'm not sure because apparently there was a pill or something, but um, apparently there was sugar pills. So, and Kira right. took them as well, took it as well, and nothing came up in her system. So I think it just was a sugar pill. Is that, like, did she express that she wanted to do something? Is that why that came about? Yeah, and I remember being in the bathroom with just Kira and I that night and um, she watched her take it, but it must have just been like a sugar pill. You don't think anybody else had the real deal, though? No, I don't actually think so. But I didn't even know at the time that they were, like, not real. Oh, so you thought they might have been taking a real drug at the time? Yeah, yeah. Do you still see Jane? Yeah, I do. Um, as often as possible, really. Where do you think she stands in all this? Um, I don't know, really. I don't think she really talks to... She speaks to Tamika, of course, but I don't think she really has much to do with... Um, I don't know. Just as a mum, I think it would just kind of hurt her a lot. The whole situation. But it's not something you guys talk about as a family. Like, this, does this subject ever come up? Um, no, I actually haven't spoken about it for years. Um, I recently spoke to my mum about it a couple of weeks ago. And then my mum rung me last night and we were kind of talking about it a little. And then, yeah, that's about it. This is the most I've spoken about it, really. It was obviously probably quite traumatic for you. Yeah. Being 17 and... Yeah, it's not a nice memory. <laughs> Did you think it was going to be, that was it, just a bad fight? Yeah. It's not nice, it's a bad fight, and that, that'll be it? Yeah, well, my opinion was, oh, Kira's an idiot. Um, so I've just had a massive fight. This is just ridiculous. And then, but yeah, I just thought that was it. Okay. I didn't think anything more. When we left, I didn't think that was, we were going to find that news out the next day. Like, I was really shocked. Walk me through finding out, like, what happened, who called you and, and um, what did they tell you? I didn't get a call. I was with Tamika and she got a call. I think it was from Jane, like, my grandmother. Um, and, yeah, I just remember thinking, what? Like, just in shock, like, how? Because it wasn't, like, a big altercation between them. It wasn't like they were fully punching each other or anything like that. The most aggressive person was Kira. But she, I didn't, I don't think she even punched Mika or anything either. It was just more her throwing things, whatever her arms could reach, really just holding her back. And when you were saying Kira was like the most aggressive and being crazy, was that 
her and into- you didn't know her before, so was that like her intoxication level and what she was fighting about was just silly? Yeah, is that what you're saying? I honestly believe that it was just because she doesn't drink and because she had drank so much that she was just yeah in an intoxic rage sort of thing. Because that day before she was drinking, she was really lovely, like really nice. I mean, it's just an opinion, but do you have an opinion of what happened after returned? Um, I don't know. Once we left and, like, returned, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd really appreciate you coming on record and telling your story. Obviously, you you were there, so it's crucial to get this. Yep, that's okay. <laughs> I've also got something else I'd like to share with you, something potentially huge. Around the same time I met with Tamika, someone else reached out to me. For her sake, I will call her Sally, and that's not her real name. Tamika and Sally had also started talking as a result of Jason. And Sally had told me certain things through Facebook, and that Jason had confessed to her. However, she didn't elaborate or go into any detail, but she did go into detail with Tamika, who subsequently read it out to me. Now this next clip is extremely violent. If you are sensitive to graphic violence, skip forward about 50 seconds or so. Now you will also hear Tamika's phone interfering with the recorder as she was reading from it. This is Tamika Tape 3. Babe, I know what he done to her at the house. He told me he broke down because he couldn't deal with it. He told me everything he done to her. She would still be here today if it wasn't for him. I know what her final hour would have been like. He's done it to me. And he knows full well he's done this. He's just not man enough to admit what I know, you know, and he knows. Us three are the only ones that know the truth. He's an evil monster, Mika. And Kira, that poor girl, was beaten to death. Her head injuries are from him pounding her head on the ground over and over. He told me this, and when what happened, I would never lie to you, Mika. This is crime, not yours, okay? She sent that on the 31st of March, 5.55pm. What year? Um, 2019. Just gone. It was just before I'd spoken to you. Because I felt like I was just running into dead ends all the Everywhere I've looked lately has just been dead ends and I couldn't get anywhere and I didn't know what else to do. That's why I messaged Alison. I've seen the article and it told me a lot more than I knew because I, I didn't know the cause of death properly. I, I didn't know the 105 bruises. And As soon as I heard this, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. It's huge. Potentially case-changing. As I said before, I wanted to hear this directly from Sally. Every time I tried to tee up a phone call as she lived interstate, she would either not answer or change her mind. I do understand though, it's a traumatic part of her life and she'd rather not go there. But just as I was preparing this episode, Sally agreed to talk. We arranged the time. I called. No answer. I text. No response. But something that stuck out to me is that Katie had told me in her episode, Watch the World Burn, that Jason had bashed her head into the ground also. I will share with you now a few text conversations between Sally and myself. This is not Sally's real voice. I had my sister Hayley read out her text messages for me. 
Hi, Jamie. My name is Sally. I'm Jason's last victim. He's currently in prison pending charges on what he has done to me. I've spoken to Gympie Homicide last year in August about the facts Jason has told me and about what he has done to Kira that night. I too want to be able to help her family and her. Thanks for your message, Sally. I appreciate your time. I know it must be hard. Where were you living with Jason? He took me on the run through Melbourne, New South Wales and back to Queensland. He confessed to me while we were in Melbourne last year around May, June. He too has tried to kill me twice after his confession. I was able to run from him into Beanley, Queensland and get to safety. I was then flown home, however, I am still in touch with Queensland Police. Wow, I'm speechless. That is intense. So he confessed to you? And he's in jail for assaulting you? Yes, that's correct. I've told police everything I know that he told me in regards to that night. It's very hard to live with and I'm willing to talk about Kira and try to have her set free. That's why it's so hard, because I let Jason confide in me and not in my wildest dreams did I think this would, that I'd now be in this situation. He knows the truth and myself. This is what I have to live with. It's all good, but I can't prove anything. I only know what that poor girl must have endured as I too have seen his evil brutality. I know none of these people, but we're all tied together because of this. It's so hard to live with. You have heard from many people in this podcast. It's important to remember everyone is presumed innocent until proven guilty. Remember, Jason will have his side of the story too. And for this reason, I recently sent another letter to Jason in prison, offering him the chance to participate in this podcast. And if I hear any response, you'll be the first to know. So it's Saturday the 26th of October, 2019, and I'm nearly at Alison's house. So when I started this journey, Tom and I started this podcast, we came out here to meet Alison off the record to get to know her, and then we came back and did our first recording, and so I guess it seems fitting to end it here too. I'm just entering her house and she's got a sign here saying trespassers will be eaten and it's got a picture of a dog so I'm guessing that's Reggie and you know Reggie he wouldn't eat anyone and here's Reggie Reggie hello you're used to me now aren't you buddy say g'day Reggie still saying g'day hey Alison Good, how are you? It's a beautiful day out here in southeast Queensland at Allison's house, and you've made me some chocolate brownie. I have. Well, I didn't so, just make it for you anyway, no. last night. But. So, how does this compare to the roadkill pie? I don't know, you'll have to tell me. Oh, that is good. Thank you. Mm. Roadkill pie was good too, though. It was, it was, but I need couple more days preparation time for that one because I've got to all, you know, get special stuff in. And So I guess, Alison, the reason I came out here today was we've had a great journey together and got to know each other well. And the story isn't over, but I have to tell you, as far as the podcast goes, this next episode will be our last for the interim. For the interim. Hmm. Because obviously I will keep updating as let's hope the coronial gets underway, I will keep posting updates. If there's ever a criminal proceeding after that, I will continue to broadcast on that. Cool. And 
the story isn't over. There is so much more to the story. But as far as broadcasting and the podcast goes, I'll just go around in circles if I keep. Like everyone who's wanting to speak to me has already spoken to me. And they're the people who have a relevant, you know, there's no point going off on tangents about other, other stuff. We just yeah. need to get to what. And I'll have to say, look, I'm very thankful, and Tom is as well, that you've allowed us to do this. And I know you say it's the other way around, but we had no experience. We came in here with with nothing really, and you've allowed us to, to tell the story and, and opened up and, you know. But oh. it's it's never been just a story to no. you two. And so that's that's why I say to you, you know, you've done so much for me. You've you've found me support all around the world. You've you've you know, because of what you've done, I've met all these people and, and you know, I, I, as I said, I have support and kind words from people I've never even met. Mm. And that's really huge after, you know, four and a half years of pushing it uphill and thinking that I was doing it all on my own. Mm. So, yeah, I I do think it's the other way around. Yeah. The thing that disappoints me is I really wanted to be able to come to you. When I called you and told you that Jason is in jail, I wanted to be able to deliver you that same message that someone is being charged or at least a definitive answer as to what happened to Kira. We have all these stories, we have all these versions, we have assumptions, but we don't have that definitive answer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. You do, but as far as legal side of things. Yeah, but as people say, you know, knowing it's one thing, proving it's another. Yeah. We just have to wait and see what the coronial office has to say mm. and hopefully they'll have a date for us soon that we can start getting this looked into. Okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In a bit more depth, we're still waiting now for the completion of the reinvestigation by the police. And as far as you believe after that's done, that's when the coronial will start, is that right? Once they have all the information they're asking for? I'm hoping so. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Um, so as, as as long as the report goes in when they've said it will, then something should happen in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But... I've found in the past that tends to be a bit of wishful thinking because the date comes and goes and, oh, yes, it'll be May. Oh, it'll be August. Yeah, nothing's urgent. No. In your experience? Well, no. Um, As they said, she's dead. It's not like we're going to bring her back. That was said to you. Yep. Lots of things were said to me, but I don't believe I'm allowed to say anything about that at the moment. 
Do curious kids still go to Warby School? Yes. Yeah. Always have. Always have. Yeah. Well, how many kids are at that school? Um, I think there's about thirty. Yeah. From um, prep through to year six. So when you look at that, Kira's kids make up four of those. <laughs> Only 30. three now because one's gone to high school, but yes. Right, okay. Yes. So I guess the significance of this is that when a mother suspiciously dies or is murdered or whatever you want to put it down to at this point of time, and three of 30 kids belong to her, that must make a huge well, it was four when four, it happened, yeah. so, yeah. Um, that, that must be huge for such a small community, right? It must have rattled the school. Well, I, I would imagine so. I was I was kind of toing and froing and life was pretty chaotic at that stage because I'd been up here and then I had to go back down to New South Wales and I couldn't stand being away from the kids, so I had to... Mm. get a place up here and toot and frode for another six months or whatever. And Well, that's just putting some context for people who don't know the area. If 30 kids go to the school and four of them were curers, yeah. that's a very small – That's a, we're talking really rural here, like yes. very small. Very rural. I mean, we, we used to have – Wolva used to have a shop with a petrol um, bowser but that's since closed, so the school is really the only place of significance, I suppose you'd say, um, in Walvi. Oh, there is a hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it, yes. It's, it's not a very big place. So it's safe to say that Kira's death has definitely impacted the Walvi community in that regard then, of being so small. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've, I've had... People say to me, you know, I should have done this or I wish I'd done that. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone just sees it as such a great tragedy because she was such a little beacon of light, you know, and she just kind of glowed everywhere she went, not to mention the fact she was usually pregnant. But um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Four pregnancies in four kids in how many years? Uh, six. Yeah, that's good going. That is good going. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, the the three boys, but I I, I knew there'd be more. Mm. So she got the pink one. Yeah. She just doesn't get to see it grow up. No. And that's the... Breaks my heart. Yeah. That's the worst part of this whole thing. Like, no matter what happens or what we do... It's, it's still going to leave a massive hole in your heart. And theirs. And theirs, yeah. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown-up. I can kind of deal with it, but they're just kids. Yeah, they, they have no choice in this at all. Her, her daughter doesn't even remember her. Hmm. She's, she's angry that her brothers have memories of their mum that she doesn't have. Hmm. Yeah, that's hard to hear because... It's perfectly reasonable to be angry, you know, because her brothers have memory of her mum, but yeah. she doesn't. You, that would feel unfair. Yes, and being like her mother and her mother before her and before her, we don't deal with unfair real well. We uh, jump up and down and make a lot of noise about things and, yeah, she just needs to be able to channel her frustration and her anger in 
the right direction. Yeah. That's a common theme that I'm hearing from all these interviewees is that Kira was a lovely and beautiful soul, but she was feisty and she oh. would stand up for herself and she oh, wouldn't yeah. take any shit. Oh, yeah. And that's, I guess that's what probably you're probably like and that's probably what your granddaughter's like. Um, yeah, we're a bit like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's why it shocked everybody so much when it happened. Like everybody who had grown up with her or whatever, n- known her when she was younger, it was like, but that's Kira. How would she ever get into that situation? And and I think that's one of the points that I want to get across. Like I, I, I said to her, I don't know how many times, you know, once he raises a hand, he's out the door. Doesn't matter who he is, what he's done. It's like just not not happening. And that was a life lesson you tried to yes, teach Kira from the beginning because yeah. I was single for most of the time that mm. I was raising her, and um, I I said to her, you know, you you just it's not on, mm. and she knew that, and she was feisty and she was strong, and yet still she fell victim. So how does that happen? You know, it doesn't seem to matter how much you drill it into them. Yeah, they're going to make their own decisions. Well, yes, and I think also narcissists tend to prey on people when they're vulnerable. And like Katie's story, that provided a lot of context surrounding domestic violence, not just in Kira's situation but in the the global sense of it because she talks about herself being strong-willed and, you know, stubborn and stands up for herself as well. But she... In that cycle of domestic violence... Also fell victim. You, you, you think it's your fault and you don't want to reach out. And that's what she said. The hardest thing was was for me to swallow my pride and say, I need help. And that's why she stayed there for so long because she didn't want to make that call and say, I'm in trouble here. And, and I think you said the same thing about Kira. She didn't tell you these major concerns and also she didn't tell Camel. I... Exactly tend to believe she was trying to protect everybody because for Kira not to share something like that with me was unheard of. She, As I said, it was just the two of us most of her life. So um, apart from the two brief years I was married, um, you know, that does tend to make you very close, plus we're very alike. Well, that's the cruel thing about domestic violence in any nature that it's a cycle there will be the honeymoon phase then something will brew it'll brew it'll brew it'll just bust it'll be this massive blow up but then it's all apologies and falling in love again and it just keeps happening like that and I think and he says he's sorry and he won't do it again and all that stuff yeah I mean maybe I'm just old and calloused to the world but um no, there's things I won't tolerate. I'd rather be single. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue in our society, domestic violence, how it can go on. It's massive. And the thing is it's it's not just education because I did that. It's it's not just educating the women. I think it's, you know, st- we need to work on the men and um, not all of them. Present company excluded. Yeah. But, um, yeah, most of them. And while ever you've got men in the positions of power, um, changes aren't 
going to be made and while ever they don't give appropriate sentences mm. for animals who do the sort of thing that killed my daughter, until they get serious, it's not going to stop. This, this doesn't go anywhere. Do you take any comfort in what it's done to some people's lives already, like the people who have reached out um, who have been in a similar situation or um, who just who have just reached out to you and, and disclosed anything to you or...? I think it's been therapeutic for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, myself, it, it goes beyond therapeutic. It's ridiculous it, because I was told not to talk about it, so I did as I was told, which is not really that common. But um, yeah. I did, and then you came along and it was like, feel free to talk about it. So I've been, I haven't stopped since, yeah. really. Um, and I think... A lot of the other people as well that have come forward, they've, they've felt like they were kind of holding on to a secret and were able to then get that out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's been, I won't say rewarding, but mm. certainly beneficial um, to lots of people. And the fact is that the world now knows who Kira is and not just because of the way she died. No, that's right. It's just really good to know that, and I can't say it enough, that when I first was going to do this podcast, you type in Kira McLaughlin and you get like one Gimby Times article. Yep. And maybe one Kira Mail. They're all the same article, but they're just the one, maybe one or two. That's it. And now there's, you know, several Gimby Times articles. There's several Kira Mails. There's, you know, a podcast, podcast. things. Yep. There's all sorts Coronials of things. in the making. Yep. There's she can't just be ignored. They can't just let that. No. go, you know, or that kind of behaviour. They can't let that go. No. You know, it's just not acceptable. I think we can all agree on that, no matter your background, your beliefs, where you're from, it's not acceptable. Someone can't die without a reason. Well, you would like to think so. Yeah. So I don't know what reason would be sufficient to do what was done, but... Well, that's the million-dollar question, and I'd love to ask it. Yeah, well, sometimes we don't get the answers, do we? No. It wouldn't be a very good reason, though. I don't think so. So we just walked down to see Kira's garden that Alison has recently completed, right? Not, Not quite. completed? Not quite. Nearly there, nearly there. But um, Bird of Paradise, that's because she had that in her wedding bouquet and mum had a plant at her place. The pink flowers um, the second eldest son picked out the other week Mm -hmm. and they've gone berserk. Yeah. This is my little Japanese kind of area in honour of her trip to Japan and... All that kind of stuff. This is a climbing frangipani, which I'd never heard of, and I thought I'd killed it, but it's actually survived. Throwing, it's, it's thriving. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not just surviving. Yeah. And then we got this. I got I got the name made. Kira, and, and that's a picture of Kira and Genevieve, isn't it? It is. And I was just talking to Genevieve yesterday, and I said how lovely it is that I have her mm. down here. 
with Kira because they were inseparable. Front and centre. So, yep, that's what I've done there. I've got two more garden boxes going in the corners with different things going in them. And hopefully my bat plant will come good. <laughs> it's not looking very well, but, um, <laughs> and yeah. So the, and purple fence. So what's the significance of purple? Is that just oh, we just liked purple. Um, yeah. And I painted her room purple and blue at one stage. She was going through a big Monsters, Inc. phase. And this is probably the very same purple that her walls were painted. So, yeah, just... Purple kind of reminds me of her. Yeah. I, I don't know that it wasn't her favourite colour, but I, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she did like it. So And that fell down a little bit crooked and I thought that was probably appropriate, so I've left it there. Yeah. Like um, it. Yeah, so what is that? That, this? Yeah. This is, um, I found it, it's, I don't even know what you, oh, I'm so glad that didn't land on my toe. <laughs> Big bit of timber. Oh, yeah, I found it in a shop one day and I just, it, I had to buy it and I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but that's obviously what it's meant for. So, um. Awesome. So on. this is your, this is your place for Kira? This is, and when it's finished, it'll kind of be a bit more enclosed. Um, and then I've got the lounge over here. Yep. So I can just sit here. I want to get a hanging egg chair, but that's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have I'll have the two boxes here with the passion fruit and this thing and other and I've got the sign that we got made. Mm. So that's got the little night light, the solar flower oh, there awesome. at night, and I want to get some fairy lights eventually as well. But um, yeah, that's. That's it's the good. garden. It's come a long way since you last saw it, that's Definitely. for sure. Yep, it's great. Yeah, so. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Like what do you think, Reggie? What do you think, mate? What is that thing? Get <laughs> it away from me. Yeah, it's, it's very unique and different, just like she was. Yeah. There won't be another one like it in the world. No. I just don't want people... To forget about her while all this is just stewing and waiting for things to happen. She's she's not to be forgotten. No, and we've come too far for that to happen. We've opened too many doors. You sure have. You have as well. <laughs> we did it together. We did. So yeah, Alison, it's not it's not goodbye, it's just goodbye for the podcast. And yeah, again, thank you. Sincerely. You are more than welcome and thank you sincerely. Mm. And yeah, give me a hug. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Stay Anytime. in touch. I hope we can uh, get that result one day. Let's hope. We have to hope. See you, Reggie. More hope now than we ever had before. We did. We do. See you, buddy. Take care of yourself, mate. I saw your warning sign at the front of the gate here. <laughs> I have to be hopeful that one day Kira's family will have closure, if there's even such a thing. I need to remember where this whole thing started, and that was with very little. We are now a step closer to a resolution than ever before, 
and as I leave Alison's house, I remember that the world will move on. You will move on. But Alison and Kira's kids are stuck here. And this journey, it's taught me so much. It's taught Tom so much. And I'm so grateful for this experience, the people I've met, and the lessons learned. The story isn't over. Kira's story is not over. But until the rest is told, may she rest in peace. There's a long list of people I need to thank for this podcast, but in particular, there's a few. Pete Allen, thank you so much for providing your song, Peace of Heaven. It's so well fitted for our podcast. Mate, you're a brilliant artist. All of our listeners agree. And I really encourage everybody out there to support him by following him on social media and also on music platforms. Go and see him live even. He's fantastic. He's talented and he's the real deal. And thanks to Johnny Powell, our audio engineer. Mate, you mix and master every episode uh, amazingly. If you guys could hear our edits before he touches them, it's chalk and cheese. So thanks again, Johnny. Alison, this podcast wouldn't be possible without you. You've been very brave and uh, gave us access to your life and basically told us anything we needed to know. And I really appreciate that. And I sincerely hope the best for you in your future and for an outcome for Kira's case. Tommy Daunt, mate, thank you so much for your advice, your input, uh, your support, encouragement. I know this project's been particularly tough, but I can't wait to do future projects with you. And obviously my family including Renee, my wife. Uh, you've uh, put up with lots of extra hours and I couldn't have done it without you, so take care, guys. Peace out. Bean and Valley Road is a 610 Media production. This episode was written, recorded and produced by myself, Jamie Pulse. It was mixed and mastered by Johnny Powell. Our theme song, Peace of Heaven, is by Pete Allen Music. You can find him on all social medias and download his music wherever you listen. Our cover art photo was taken by Joel Pulse. You can head to our website, www.610mediagroup.com to look at pictures and read our blogs. Also check us out on social media at Bean and Valley Road for Instagram and Bean and Valley Road for Facebook. And please, guys, don't forget, give us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen. It really helps us out. So thanks again for listening, guys, and stay tuned. Temporary, but it's a word.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.